This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 27, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome back to the 27th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We have a review of the new movie, Coming to America, now on Amazon Prime. And then we have our top feeling of best movie duos. So grab your popcorn, use the bathroom now, and enjoy the 27th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. All right, Ricky Flex. Here we are, Sunday evening. We got sunlight at five thirty here in New England. Uh, sun mm-hmm. is literally gleaming through the window right now. Yes, sir. Uh, we're things are looking good. We have we finished up Wandavision this weekend. We got Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming yes. next week. We got we got we got some big time movies and big time uh, superhero projects definitely this month. Uh, so I guess. We're going to get into everything, but uh, let's just check in with you right now. So how are you feeling? How was your weekend? Weekend's been great. Feeling great. It's just obviously there's a – the audience is probably perplexed right now. Like why is there – why is Dr. O leading the episode off? Like wh- where True. is our leader in Nez? Where, where is our thought-provoking Nez? We don't know where he is. Actually, we do know where he is, but where is he for the audience? We don't know. We'll leave it a mystery. We're going to leave it a mystery. Wait, uh, yeah, you can't, unfortunately, can't make it to this episode. We're sorry. Good excuse, but uh, can't make it. But it's going to be Dr. O and me breaking it down for you. Dr. O, check us up. Let's get to the checkup. Uh, so let's go with some Marvel news. I just mentioned that we had the uh, series finale for WandaVision, or at least season finale. We don't know if they're going to make a season two of it, but we actually had some exciting Marvel news in other realms. Marvel Studios has reportedly started to develop a new X-Men movie that that is it's kind of being rumored to be titled The Mutants. So it's this is being reported by the, the Illuminati, which is a very, uh, I would say they're decently reliable in terms of their uh, yeah. reported news. They've they 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 have a uh, they have a positive uh, record in terms of uh, <laughs> accuracy, making sure that they're following and like they're getting things correct. Uh, yeah, checking their sources. So it's uh, reported by them. So far, Marvel Studios hasn't confirmed plans for any of the X Men X Men characters, other than Ryan Reynolds, who obviously is going to be returning for Deadpool three, and it will be R rated. Thank God. Flix, what do you think about this exciting MCU news with the X Men? Well, for me, the first thought is the mutants. Like, all I think is new mutants and that catastrophe of a production. I just I can't stop thinking about just new mutants and how like that took forever to make. And I'm afraid that's that's going to be the same thing here. And WandaVision, you saw no spoilers, but kind of a letdown there related to the X Men. I'm a little nervous for it. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little nervous what they're going to do. But then again, if Kevin Feige's on it, I got to leave my trust with him. What about you? 
I mean, I thought of New Mutants immediately when I saw. All right, that. so I'm not alone. Okay, good, good, good. It's it's, it's this is reported, so it's, it is a report that's coming out. So I don't mind that it's called Mutants at the same time, just because I know they want to make it more inclusive. They don't want it to be X Men when you have such iconic characters, such strong female figures in that. De- uh, yeah in those comics in mm-hmm. the movies right like they're very important figures so i understand what For they're sure. doing it seems it seems like 2021 it's it's just such a 2021 move you know it's just as expected but uh i'm ex- i'm interested to see how they're going to be brought into the MCU cuz i've heard a lot of different theories we thought we were going we had a implementation of the multiverse with Evan Peters character uh mm-hmm. we're not going to do any massive spoilers for WandaVision but it doesn't look like that is going to be the case at least mm-hmm. in that scenario mm-hmm. um i'm i'm thinking they're going to do a full on reboot like they're starting yeah. they're not bringing in any characters no fastbender as magneto you're not bringing uh Mac- McAvoy. McAvoy as uh, as Professor Xavier, I think it's just going to start and clean. And I actually heard a rumor, Ricky Flicks, that rumor, rumor. It, the uh, mutants, the X Men, right, are going to be failed uh, Eternals, like failed. Uh, I think they're called Sentience. Oh, so okay, I think yeah, 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 are yeah. Expecting Eternals to actually introduce, right, uh, the X Men. So I think that's kind of cool. That's interesting. I. To go along with what you were just saying with no McAvoy, no Fastbender, in my eyes, I don't want to see another origin story with the X-Men. I'd rather just jump right into it, personally. Because now we've, this we, this past decade, we had a whole trilogy, or no, four movies, four movies uh, with the, the new X-Men series. And then we obviously had the one with Logan finalizing that series and with the X-Men and that character, Wolverine with uh, Hugh Jackman. But with this one, I kind of just want to jump right into it. I don't want to like mess around with the origin again. We all know it. We've seen it twice now. Let's just move on and get right into it. Right. And then there's like, there's rumors that Avengers five is being like uh kind of made right now where it's like, it's they're assembling like what it's going to look like writers are being called on. It's that's another rumor going on uh, within the MCU, mm-hmm. but I think they got to worry about bringing in the X-Men. Like, I think they, I don't think they have, I don't want to see them do like an origin for every X-Men, just like they did for the Avengers. Right. Let's get right, right into it the multiverse was going to be a great opportunity for them to do that um but after evan peters and his appearance in wandavision it's not looking likely but um it would save everybody all of this 10-year period right if they don't have to introduce every single one maybe like wolverine maybe he gets his own movie maybe uh i don't know like uh, i would say he's like the one that really would deserve one everybody else really the only one He's, everyone else can just kind of be mixed into the fold, I think. Uh, but I'm excited that it's happening sooner rather than later. I thought since they're doing the Fantastic Four, a movie that's announced coming out right in 2023, I believe it was. Uh, or I don't even know if it gave a release date yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if it gave a release it is, date. It is coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited that both of those uh, superhero teams are in motion right now in the Marvel Cinematic And universe. those two are related, X-Men and Fantastic Four, which is why you mentioned it. Just for right. the audience. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. We obviously from Fox studio studios and everything right. and such powerful superhero teams and figures in those universes. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I honestly, right now you have a gun to your head. What are you going to choose the new uh, mutants movie that's coming out or fantastic four John Watts, fantastic four. No doubt. No, no doubt. Yeah. Cause John Watts, I, I think, I think there's, there's think more concrete gonna... with it. Like, you know, like we, there's so much rumors with the X-Men one John, fantastic four. We already know it's been announced at Disney Investor Day that we talked about, and they announced John Watt, the leader of the Spider-Man new trilogy, is going to be the head of that. So I'm going to trust that right. more than just rumors. 
Yeah, at the same time, I'm thinking like Fantastic Four, we really don't know anything except that John Watts is directing it, you know? And I assume they're going to have someone incredible to like climb aboard the X-Men train there and take control they of the universe. To. Yeah. That, that, Personally, I would love to see like a John Favreau just take over the X-Men. Oh my God. That just, would be like, unbelievable. Him, like give him his own part of the MCU that he can kind of just create a whole world within, mm-hmm. you know? I, I think would love this, to see him mm-hmm. jump back into the MCU. Yeah, I I think that's an unbelievable point. But I will say as well, I think you're the one that always reminds me, like the X-Men are so big. And I just think that all the Wolverine movies, like the Wolverine we uh wolverine 3 like when he goes to japan and like all this other all these other side movies side projects like they all just deteriorate the the franchise in general where the x-men are huge and they need to be uh make it known that they are huge not just logan right and i think without hugh jackman they're gonna have to focus on the entirety of the franchise more so it's gonna bring that focus to them make it big and then re- and not necessarily focus on one or two characters. Like you were mentioning before, not make like all these movie individual movies on each character. So I think that just like relates mm-hmm. back to focus on the entire X-Men, bring in someone like a John Favreau. That's the dream scenario. Like a John Favreau that could just take control of something. And you know, it's going to be at least solid. Like the minimum is that honestly, it's going to be good. Honestly, like Logan is kind of, when he joins the X-Men, like, like he is like an outsider. So like give him his own Completely. solo movie. Let the other X-Men like maybe have the first solo movie without uh, Wolverine or you have the Wolverine movie first. Right. And then you build it into right the X-Men movie. So yeah. there's a bunch of things they can do. I'm sure Feige knows what's best uh, based on his track record. But it's just exciting that we're getting going to get the interaction of these characters with uh, and the within the MCU, which is going to be nuts. I wish that we still had like a Chris Evans as Captain America. Oh, don't do and that. a Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. to interact with these characters. A huge ja- to interact all. with a Hugh Jackman. That would that would have been we, the we, dream. We we can't have it all. We, we want we want it. I mean, I will I will never rule anything out. Chris Evans pr- reportedly right is returning to the MCU rumor, rumor. in some capacity, potentially for two films. But X Men, mutants, they're coming. Uh, going on with the checkup here, Ricky Flex. We have some live action Disney news. We have the cast being set for the most part for the live action Pinocchio movie from Disney. It's going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. Here's what the cast looks like. Pinocchio is going to be played by Benjamin Evans Ainsworth, which is a very young actor, uh, young up and comer, very promising according to a lot of uh, according to, I mean, the experts, I would say, uh, uh, Geppetto, experts. yeah, quote unquote, Geppetto, Tom Hanks, as expected, was already Gold. announced during uh, Disney, uh, uh, Disney Investor Day, and we got our boy JGL getting somewhere. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he will be playing Jiminy Cricket, and he just looks like a real life Jimmy Cricket. I don't he know does. How, what it is? He's just like it's just I just I could goody two shoe like yeah. He's like skinny guy, like bubbly, you know, I can see him doing that. Uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Irvio will play the blue fairy. She is uh, awesome in widows for those who don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, Keegan Michael Key is going to be honest, John. And then uh, what else we got here? So it begins filming next month, right? So production is ramping right now. And then we have a release date, not yet announced. So, Ricky Flex, which casting out of that entire group I just mentioned are you most excited for with this live action adaption? Well, it's hard. Like, when you pose that question to me, it's like, I have to say Tom Hanks just because any project that he's associated with now, it's yeah. like, all right, that's like gold, right? Like, he's picking it for a reason. He's older age. Like, he knows, like, if he's doing a project, it's because it's going to be good. But I'm going to focus on JGL. JGL finally back doing movies, 
Project Power, which we reviewed on this podcast, Trial of the Chicago 7, which we also reviewed on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And now he finally is being Jiminy Cricket next to Tom Hanks. I think that's pretty big for him, honestly Honestly speaking. Like, even though this is a live action, he's going to be playing a little cricket. Like, I think this is big for him. I, I really do. Just back in the limelight, literally full-blown limelight, like a Disney production. This is huge for him. He's going to make a, a buttload of money, dude. Yep, exactly. Make a, a buttload of money. It's going to get – everyone's going to see this one. Not like Project Power, Project Chicago 7, got a lot of – a lot of views from netflix but this one it's a disney product so everybody's gonna see it young kids and 80 year olds everyone's gonna watch this pinocchio movie so i'm really looking forward to seeing that but i'm I'm just confused how they're gonna do a, a live action jiminy cricket i have no idea how they're gonna do that yeah is, is he gonna like look like him <laughs> you know like i don't know is, is it like like i don't I, I don't know either but uh the size voice, like i as I said before, like he's got kind of like a bubbly personality. He's very likable, so I think him as Jimmy Jimmy Cricket, I think, is pretty much on point. Geppetto, Tom Hanks is becoming a master, or his agent is becoming a master. Like I think everybody just wants to cast Tom Hanks in this role in these roles. You know, America's know, dad. Like, like like he's literally when you think of it, he plays Walt Disney's. Who's gonna play Walt Disney? Yeah, Tom Hanks. It fits it perfectly. Tom Hanks. If Tom Hanks has got to play Mister Rogers. Fits perfectly. Okay. Uh, we need someone to play Geppetto. We need like a wise but also positive old man. Here comes Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. He is America's dad. You nailed it, right? Uh, respect to him, dude. His career has been so insane, and he's at this point where he's like still making like news of the world he's still making critically acclaimed stuff on a regular mm-hmm. basis but he's also maintaining that uh that image of like i'll i also have a lot of fun when i make movies yes like, which is yes. pretty cool you know like i still will do the block like blockbusters even though he's not a superhero movie or anything he'll do he'll do I mean, that'd be another fascinating like if he kind of dove into that realm that but, would be uh, wild be kind of like what if he was like a i'm going off on a tangent here but imagine if he was like Love a it. villain in an mcu movie Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like, oh, like an Alfred or something like that. Like <laughs> you're gonna go villain. Like professor, we just, oh, if we want to go like nice guy, we can be like Professor X. Like he's somehow. Like, <laughs> imagine Tom, Magneto. Magneto. Imagine Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks bald. Imagine oh, him being boy. bald. Wow, That's Professor like, X uh, in the wheelchair. Oh my lord, dude! I think he'd be a great Magneto. Like he looks a little bit like Ian McKellen. He's too nice. Getting older. No, but I, I, this is why he's got to do it. Like, he's just going to show, like, I am. He, like, established himself again as I am the GOAT. But, I can do it all. I can play a darker figure rather mm-hmm. than always the good guy that everybody roots for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now but we're getting back into the X-Men talk because I'm about to say, Michael Fassbender was a terrific Magneto. His ruthlessness and savageness as that character, I think, is unmatched. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was my Ian favorite, favorite still like casting. The, right. And Ian McCullen, like, you think, like, oh, Gand- like, Gandalf, you're thinking, like, oh, he's still a good guy. Like, he's a nice old guy. But like Magneto with Fastbender is like, damn, that guy's just ruthless. He is a true villain. And like Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. he's America's dad. He's not a true villain. I can't see that, but that would be wild, Doctor O. Like I, I just want to see that. Like I, like I, he just whatever he touches turns to gold. We say it all the time in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Other than the circle with Emma Watson, but we will forget that. I think for the most part turns to gold. So I would love to see it. But Jiminy Cricket, uh, JGL, Blue Fairy, Cynthia Ervio is uh, very hot in the streets right now. Uh, people are going crazy for that casting. Uh, Keegan Michael Key is great in any supporting role. Uh, he was he was pretty good in Toy Story Four even though a little bit hyped up, but uh, I am yeah, excited to see this because like traditionally I don't like the Pinocchio story, like the Pinocchio Scary. story, like as a kid, the animated version actually scared the, scared the bejesus out of me. Like when he gets basically walloped by the whale 
right? And he goes on to like, and then the camera pans over and like very like neg like a very dark like part of the movie yep. looks like pretty he's dead. And I, that part like always made me not want to watch the movie. But uh, I don't know. It's it seems like it's a popular story. We have Guillermo del Toro making a Pinocchio movie as well. So it's going to be scary too if he's on the helm, right? Like yeah. it's going to be that much scarier. So then, I remember like. Dude, I think it was like a show when we were growing up. It was like a Pinocchio TV show. Do you remember this? Or it was a TV movie? Yes. I have, I, to, I have to do the research. But that was scary too. It just was not like an appealing looking uh, show in the first place. And then it, it just had this dark moments I was not a fan of. Yeah. Is it supposed to be that dark? Like like Pinocchio, like before they made that movie, like now I'm like, I'm still like, uh, every time I like I see it on TV or something, I'm like, oh God, that's scary. Pinocchio equals scary. Synonymous with the word scary. But like, I don't know if it's like scary. Yeah, but like, is it supposed to be scary? Like, I thought it was supposed to be just like a kids' movie, like watch for fun. I thought it was weird how we're getting two of them, two of these movies at the same time. I know we had the remake, we had Roberto Benigni within a god awful rendition of Pinocchio. (laughs) That was like two thousand. That was that he's like coming off his Oscar win for Life Is Beautiful, and then literally like a couple years later, he puts out that trash. Unbelievable. Okay, literally ended his career. Literally, yeah. Right after that. Didn't get another job. I, I was gonna say I haven't. I can't think of anything that he's been in, like since then. I just have. I can't. But, Terrible. Yeah. Wow. But, we, uh, we talked a lot about Pinocchio. Good. Dang. I I thought it was gonna be a quick one. Yeah. I don't know. The cast is pretty fire. It's it's pretty on point, man. Uh. Okay. Let's move on to another uh highly anticipated movie. One that will be debuting in this year, in 2021. We have new stills emerging from Space Jam, A New Legacy. So a new article was published in Entertainment Weekly on the upcoming film. The plot has been revealed. It's not an official synopsis, but Malcolm D. Lee, the director of the film, did uh, provide some insight on what the story is about. Uh, Playing a heightened version of himself, LeBron James struggles to relate to his son, Dom, who's much more interested in creating games than playing them. When Dom's tech skills draw the attention of a CGI humanoid named Al G Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle, the father-son duo gets sucked into the Warner 3000 Entertainment serververse, quote-unquote, with the AI kidnapping Dom in the hopes of stealing some of the King's followers on Instagram. <laughs> Cheadle doesn't consider Al G a bad guy, right? What bad guy does, but rather just an AI with a chip on his shoulder. I think that pun so, was intended. So, Flex, what do we think about this? Well, synopsis? one is... Where's the Looney Tunes aspect in this? Still don't know. Based on that synopsis, like, yeah, I don't get that. Two, this is so 2021. Like, about Instagram followers, we're really doing a movie about Instagram followers. Like, what? Like, come on now. Like, that's ridiculous. But I'll, I'll, I can just go on about that. But I'll talk about the stills. Like, the stills look like they look decent. I think it's not that bad. Like, I think it can be better because I, I particularly don't like the jerseys at all. I absolutely hate them, but I do. Mm-hmm. I do think it looks pretty good. Good with the Looney Tunes characters. I think the CGI is pretty good. What about you? Uh, I was when this movie was announced. I know people hate LeBron. Like I would say, like people are pretty yeah. like, like he's a polarizing figure, and obviously you love him or hate him. Like the the first movie was beloved with Michael Jordan, even though like obviously it wasn't a piece of it wasn't cinema. Like it wasn't as Martin Scorsese would say, but it's, uh, I think it's going to be better naturally because LeBron is a better actor. Like he's a decent actor. Yes. He was, he was good at train wreck, but then yes. I'm seeing him in these stills and I'm seeing 
this idea, this plot being thrown around, and it made me cringe hard. I was like, this is so 2021. Like, you're making a movie about someone stealing LeBron's Instagram followers? That's the best you could have done? (laughs) Like, what what the heck like like that it's sad like when i saw that i was like this is for 12 year olds i I was hoping that there would be a little more wide in terms of its range and yeah a little more weight audience and yes i mean he wants to steal his instagram followers i mean god like you're gonna have like kids that are like in college going together with their friends to go see this movie and they're just gonna like Mm -hmm. make fun of it like it's just it's kind of it's just wacky and it's like and then you mentioned it the director didn't even bring up like uh, Bugs Bunny or any like the, the Looney yes. Tunes, they're talking more about implementing the whole Warner Brothers catalog. So like when James, this is also a part of the article. When James is sucked into the uh, Warner Brothers server, he drifts through some of the studio's most famous films to track down his underdog squad. So I don't even know if it's like the Looney Tunes that are on his team. Like he could be like uh, acquiring like Batman to play on his team or something. I think it's not <sighs> just the Looney Tunes. And then going on, the article says. It was a quote from Malcolm Dealey. It was a tricky thing just in terms of what you may want. Like, oh, my God, look, there's Mad Max. There's Casablanca, right? Uh, Malcolm Dealey also says uh, – Mad yeah, Max support in this movie. So, what? So I'm just like – I'm just like we're just running through all these movies. It's good. Like I can just call, tell you now this is going to be a hot mess. This it's going to be confusing gonna be, as heck. It, it, it's going to – yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be – I, maybe not confusing, but it's not. It's not. It's, it's got zero focus. Zero focus to this movie. That's um, a better way to put it. Don Cheadle. I can't believe he agreed to like have a villainous oh, role here. Don Cheadle. And then he and, but no, it's a villainous role. But like, it's not. Like, it's like, dude, you're stealing Instagram followers. Like, you're better than this, dude. You're better than this. So Don about? Cheadle. Everyone always applauds him. Like, like loves him, right? Golden Globes last Sunday. People that are know what I'm talking about. The one where Jason Sudeikis won. He was like telling the wrap it up. Buddy, it's like 3 a.m. over in England when he's uh, doing this live. Give him a freaking break. And he is, and who thought he was going to win for Ted Lasso? So Who does Don Cheadle think he is shutting what? down Ted Lasso? You just lost who, to him. Who does he think he is? Right? That was – yeah, I, I was like – I was like, let first of all, like I thought that was just disrespectful because like obviously he was struggling and like it was yeah. probably he was hot. 3 a.m. doing it, but it's yeah, also like – He's also in shock. Like he doesn't anticipate the win. He, like he thought Eugene Levy was going to win for Schitt's Creek. And for he's sure. Like, he's like in awe and like, let him kind of do his thing. Just let him gain his ground. If you yes. go, if someone goes like this to me, imagine you're doing a like a school project and a teacher's going like this, like wrap it up. It's just, it makes me rush. It makes me my yeah. thoughts. And like, I'm going to come off even more stupid than I had before. Right. So, Don Cheadle. Not for the boys. Yeah, not for the boys. And he's not even like the teacher doing that. He's like a fellow student doing that. Like, you know, a hole move. That was terrible. I I hated that. He's like he's he's like yeah. He, basically, he was like you you like like he was acting like a jerk. He's like yeah. He was like oh I've been here before. Like you should wrap it up now. Like come on yeah. now. This is your first time, buddy. You rookie. It's just like Don buddy, Cheadle, you just lost. If we do an overrated draft, Don Cheadle might be on the overrated draft, dude. Right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but going on with Space Jam, uh, we had the couple of still images, right? Photos from the movie Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny. We need to talk about this new look, Ricky Flex. Obviously, uh, we got a new look at Lola. And Lola, she was wearing the Toon Squad jersey, but they seem to have uh, desexualized Lola yes. Bunny. One who was a figure, a, a cartoon character from the 90s that many young men found appealing because they kind of 
gave her a checks. They gave her a, booty, a bunny. Right. And then like they, uh, he was like always talking. And like, whenever she was talking, they were having these like romantic sounds, like in the background, but that was trying to like be like arousing. It was weird. This is what but we're talking about on the drive. The new car. images, the new image is right. Basically they desexualized her, which is what I expected. But at the same time, I'm thinking about those kids who are not kids, those adults who are 30 and they're looking back and see how much things have changed since 1996 when Space Jam came out. And the fact that we don't have Lola Bunny looking like she did in Space Jam is going to, it's going to hurt some people. It's going to hurt their, it's going to hurt their uh, feelings about the movie. Hey, we, we, we were just discussing how this plot is just like synonymous with 2021. Like same with these stills with Lola Bunny. Like it's 2021. We can't be doing that anymore. So, so understandable. See her like, I don't know. Like, I like, I hope that like she is in these pictures, which is awesome. Like hopefully we do get a lot of Looney Tunes, but just like the way they're talking about this movie, I'm afraid we're not going to get a lot of Looney Tunes. I'm a little afraid. Looney Tunes are kind of hot in the streets right now from HBO max. Like if yes. Oh, from 2020, I'm just like, Hey, maybe you should take advantage of this, right? You should take advantage of this. Everyone knows bugs bunny. Like, come on, like like take advantage of bugs. They're going to have like walking Joe, walking Phoenix's Joker at point guard. But like, like that. but it's gonna be wacky. That's my problem, I guess. Is like you're gonna have Joaquin's Joker, but it's not gonna be Joaquin. It's gonna be some random, random Joker. Like you can't just do that. So that's mm-hmm. why Looney Tunes or like animated characters, like a Tom and Jerry, is probably gonna be in this movie. Like we don't need to go back on last week's pod uh, episode review. Uh, review, but a crossover that be Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry, right? But like you should do those type of characters, like animated characters that you can get exactly right, not like stretch it with like Mad Max or it the Joker look, that you could, just mentioned. We talk about the plot being a mess. It could just look like a mess too. In terms yeah, of, true. Like, in terms of the animation, it could just look terrible because you're crossing all these different types of mm-hmm. figures, but they're all going to be displayed the same way. Um, also, uh, other one other smaller note here: there will not be the Monstars returning. Instead, they are going to be replaced Ooh. with what they're calling the Goon Squad, <laughs> which I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that was just like kind of a play on Toon Squad. You know what I mean? But uh, I feel uh, you. Uh, the, the Monstars, I think, I would love for them to return. Like, I yes. thought that would have been cool. I think that's what but, we all uh, want. We want to see what they I are 20 know. years the later. Goon squad. It, it, the, goons, the Goon Squad The goon squad sounds corny, bro. Goon Squad sounds corny. It seems like something LeBron thought of and just pitched to the director. But, like, isn't Ryan Coogler yeah. attached to this? Uh, all right. Isn't he a producer, you know? So, like, this has to be at least watchable. Producer. Yeah, so this has to be at least decent, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he wouldn't allow his name to be attached to this if it wasn't going to be at least watchable. So I'm going to watch it, obviously. But, like, I think for the average viewer, well, I think... the reason why he's, like, producing it, not directing it, you know? Oh, great point. Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, I'm not going to take it back. So go on, Dr. Ruff. All right, Ricky Flex. Moving on with the checkup. We have a new trailer starring Michael B. Jordan. Potential next Superman, according to Ricky Flex. But Potential. we have a trailer for Without Remorse. So the synopsis is uh, an elite Navy SEAL un- uncovers an international conspiracy while seeking justice for the murder of his pregnant wife in Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. The explosive origin story of action hero John Clark, one of the most popular characters in author Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan universe. When a squad of Russian soldiers kills his family in retaliation for his role in the top secret op, uh, senior chief John Kelly 
pursues his assassins at all costs. He joins forces with a fellow SEAL and a shadowy CIA agent. Kelly's mission unwittingly exposes a covert plot that threatens to engulf the U.S. and Russia in an all-out war. Torn between personal honor and loyalty to his country, Kelly must fight his enemies without remorse uh-huh. if he hopes to uh, uh, avert disaster and reveal the powerful figures be, uh, behind the conspiracy. Without remorse is going to premiere on Amazon Prime on Friday, April 30th. So, Ricky Flex, what were your thoughts when you saw the trailer of a boy, Michael B. Jordan? I wasn't too thrilled. Uh, I, I think it's cool. It's like a kind of like an extraction type Chris Hemsworth thing going on, but it just feels like another streaming movie. Um, I, I honestly didn't want this. Like you just see 2019's Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan. You think, oh, like this is him trying to get into the, the critically acclaimed actor realm. And then he goes back to doing these money grabbing action hero movies. I wasn't necessarily pleased with that, but then again, I'm going to still watch it because it's Michael B. Jordan and it does look like there's going to be some good action sequences, a Tom Clancy movie, uh, as in from the book, like those books are bangers. So this is probably going to be really fun and exciting to watch. What about you? I'm excited sort of for it. I'm kind of sick of this, like same plot in action movies where one guy's taken out, of 30 billion people throughout one movie like it started like liam neeson obviously made these popular in late 2000s going on early 2010s but now we're having like john wick this is this is basically john wick with a black guy that's what this is yeah no except he's working with the cia but like also uncovering secrets but same kind of premise like his wife dies and then he's like trying to get revenge and things like that Mm -hmm. and then it also we have bob odenkirk and nobody coming out later this month that i'm actually excited for just because of the casting itself but these are all the same movie bro they're all the same they're all the same i am sick of it um michael b jordan this is gonna be a franchise too i I just like i don't know if they they probably could just because it's uh Jack Ryan universe. Like there's probably going to be multiple sequels in the works here. Um, I thought the action looked pretty good. It did look kind of, it did look uh, impressive. The part where I was kind of like, what the heck's going on? It's when he blows up the car, it's on fire. And then he jumps in. The oh car to yeah. The person. A little cringy. I was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm like, why, why? Like you could have like interrogated him in a different situation, but I guess he wants an answer. I fast. My guess is that he jumps out of the car and lets the guy burn. That just seems you like think the, he's gonna kill him? Wow! Yeah, the guy, I think the guy's gonna get. He's gonna get what he wants out of the guy. And he's gonna leave him in the burning car. <laughs> like that would I think be savage. He, I, I, that seems like what he is in this movie. He's a complete savage, and he's just uh, he has one mission, and he doesn't care if he's breaking the rules from the CIA. He's diverting mm-hmm. from them. He's all business, which is going in hand in hand with like a John Wick or a nobody <laughs> with Bob Odenkirk. These are the same movies, but uh. Uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, kind of kicking off another franchise. Uh, he is elite. Like everything he does for the most part is exceptional. You know, it's like how you just said, Ryan Coogler is always, uh, always associated with good projects. I mean, I don't, I can't expect this to be bad. You know, it just may not be anything new for the audiences, you know? Yeah. I think the plot makes it, it's like, Oh, we're doing another one of these. Like I, I understand your point. I, I agree with it as well. I'm just interested to see if they do anything unique or different. If, and if they don't, then I'll be disappointed. Right. Oh, man, Michael B. Jordan, if he does this and then he goes Superman, like he's collecting the franchises. I that would be sick. Per- personally, I think he's going to uh, be returning in Black Panther 2. I thought I you were going to say Fantastic Four. No, I, I think he's going to return as Killmonger in 
Black Panther with the was absence the absence of T'Challa. I I feel like he wasn't going to be included initially, but with the different route, like the uh, afterworld realm they have in Black Panther, I bet they're going to find a way to bring him back and mm-hmm. him be almost like the focus of the universe. He was awesome in Black Panther. Yeah, he he was pretty he was pretty kick ass. And then yeah. like literally, uh, we'll we'll talk about it with uh, coming to America. But I did see some parallels a bit there too, um, in terms of the style and sure. uh, how they approach the filmmaking and that uh, for both those projects. But there we go. Without remorse, premiering on Amazon Prime Video Friday, April thirtieth. Uh, we got a thermometer predictor out here. Uh, Flex, what do you think the score will be? Fifty six. Really. I I'm not, I don't think it's gonna be good. I, I, I don't. I, I'm I'm gonna say 75. I think. Wow. Okay. It's gonna be 75. You got Michael Michael B. Jordan in a physical role. He usually kills physical roles. If he's getting like in shape for something, he's going balls to the wall. He's yeah. putting everything he can into it. So I'm leaning on it's gonna be certified fresh. Uh, it's just not gonna be anything new. Yeah. Nothing. You know? That's 75. I guess that's why I think it's I think it's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be tough to get over that plot hurdle. I, I really do. All right. So. Uh, before we end the checkup, Ricky Flex, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't bring up one more thing about the X Men reported, uh, the rumor, the reported movie. Back to that's the X Men. Uh, yeah, I have to say this: the, if they approach this filmmaking in any way that like we talked about, I'd be happy. But the one thing they must include is the theme song from the X Men animated series. <laughs> they need to incorporate that in any way possible. They should make that the new MCU theme. Like, like that is. When I when I got Disney Plus the first time, the first thing I did is turned on episode one of the X Men animated series so I could hear that theme song. Not and to watch the show, but just the theme song. It's it's so fire. It's so good, and it's like up there with like the Batman animated series and that theme song. It's not quite Spider Man one too. I think it's on the Mount Rushmore. It's that good. The Spider-Man one's great. It's yes. very similar. Not in the same level, in my opinion, but it is it is good. <laughs> uh, all right. And then wrapping up the checkup, I got one more uh, little tribute here. Shout out to the quarantine trials. But Tony Hendra, who played the band manager in This Is Spinal Tap, passes away at 79. Uh, the man that was in charge of bringing the smallest Stonehenge in the history of uh, live concerts has passed away. Uh, very funny guy. Uh important role in the movie uh this is spinal tap so i just want to give a a rest in peace to our guy tony hendra yeah r.i.p sad all right that does it for the checkup this week ricky flex now we'll be moving on to our review of coming to america all right ricky flex it's time to get to our review coming to America, right? Coming the to America. To Coming to America starring Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall from the 80s. Let's go through the synopsis and then we'll get to our reactions to the film. We'll throw out our scores and uh, we'll get to our discussion. So the synopsis. It's, uh, this movie is set in the lush and royal country of Zamunda. Newly crowned King Akim, played by Eddie Murphy, and his trusted confidant, Semi Arsenio Hall, embark on an all-new hilarious adventure that has them traversing the globe from their great African nation to the borough of Queens, New York, where it all began. So, Ricky Flex, we have a sequel here, a sequel that no one really asked for, but a Nobody. sequel nonetheless. What was your knee-jerk reaction upon finishing this film? This was obviously 
like a callback movie. Like this is just to please all the addicted coming to America fans that just love that first film, just trying to please them and just be like, Hey, here it is again, just to please your eyes. Please watch this on Amazon prime, pipe up this streaming service and then go on with your day. This wasn't anything special, but it's Eddie Murphy in a movie, Arsenio Hall, that fantastic duo back, back in action, not necessarily to its full extent, but back in action. This movie wasn't great. I'll admit it. This wasn't great, but I enjoy just seeing Eddie Murphy back on the screen. I personally love Dolomite is my name, which kind of got Eddie Murphy back into the frame, which probably allowed him to actually do this movie in general, which I really liked, but I didn't like this movie. What about you? (laughs) Knee jerk reaction. I had the same where it just wasn't good. You know, (laughs) not good as to quote Ricky flicks after our Tom and Jerry review. It's not funny. Not <laughs> funny. It really wasn't funny, bro. On it, and I think that was like, if you're gonna make this movie, it's gotta be funny. You know, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be a, a masterpiece, right? You know, it's gonna. It just has to bring the laughs, and it really didn't bring the laughs. You know who did make me laugh in this movie? And he's only in it for like ten seconds. Was James Earl Jones? I think actually, <laughs> it was kind of unexpected laughs because he's like not the guy you think of him as a big serious guy from Coming to America, but he dropped a couple uh, nice laughs in the beginning, but it wasn't there throughout. Um, in terms of like this movie knowing what it was, I think it was aware, like it was super aware. It's like, okay, we're 30 years later. We're making a sequel to the eighties about like, like obviously a hit movie when Eddie Murphy was massive and that it's all going to be fan service. But I thought it was corny in a lot of ways. Um, uh, there was the jokes that were made that like, Oh, who watches a sequel 30, like literally about the same thing I just said. When yeah. I heard that, I'm like, that is so played out in all of these movies and it just shows you how many times that hollywood has resorted to making sequels to movies that didn't really deserve a sequel um exactly and then i think it was missing the charm from the first one the first one like prince akeem going to new york the mystery around it that's what made it so funny right when (laughs) he when he's like good morning neighbors and then he's there like f you he's like f you too it's just just iconic and it's there's nothing even close to that that, scene that is why it's so funny initially it's because you're you have him in this uh, atmosphere he's not comfortable with and now you put him in zamunda and now it's his uh bastard son right lavelle played by jermaine fowler coming to an unfamiliar country right Mm -hmm. and kind of getting used to their culture and he didn't really bring the last dude like he was not he wasn't deserving of this role in my opinion i thought he was really corny too in terms of, and then like one of the, some of the corny stuff is not his fault in terms of like cringe moments. There was quite a few in this movie uh, where he grabs the mic and starts rapping. Oh I, God. I was just like, we are in trouble. That was a Houston. That we have a problem. is so Houston, bad. We have a problem. And <sighs> it was just like, and then I gotta be honest. Like I'm, I know I'm ripping on this movie right now, but I think it's deservedly. So like it shouldn't have been released in the first place. Just let the first one stand alone as a great piece of filmmaking uh leslie jones sucks. terrible she sucks. why does she get like, these like, parts she's not funny she's not good at anything how she does she get snl funny i don't she know she sucks that's why she that, I, I think i was making the joke the other night i think i was talking to you or somebody else you know someone's not funny by the years they've been on snl if they've been on <laughs> snl they give you if someone's been on snl for 10 plus years you know they're not keenan funny. you know if you are yeah. good and you were like going to be something, yeah, two, three years tops. Then you're out of there. Maybe one year tops, and then you're doing something special. Yeah. You know? But if you are known as being on SNL for a long period of time, not good. It was. It's like thank you for your service, bud, and thanks for being on TV on Saturday nights <laughs> on like the most unhilarious sketches I've ever seen. But like, oh, she can't sucks. agree more. Uh, it had a nice, as you said before, 
the callbacks were great. Um, we had like Mr. McDowell going through that. That was ridiculous. Um, McDowell seems ridiculous. John Amos, right? Mr. McDowell. Uh, we're totally different than a McFlurry. We put all the toppings on the bottom. It, it, it seemed like it was, it was just like it's. I think Wesley Snipes, who's, who appeared in this movie, who wasn't in the original, right? Mm-hmm. He uh, said like they had a lot of fun on set. It definitely appeared that way from the film. There's a yes. lot of music, a lot of dancing. Uh, it's an all Song black pepper. cast. There's all black cast, and so it's like it seems like it was trying to really create that sense of community and and uh, during the film. Mm-hmm. And then you're right, it had like those 80s and 90s tributes, like during the time with Salt and Pepper and all these like hip hop groups that maybe didn't get a lot of recognition during the time. But it seemed like it was kind of taking that Black Panther route of celebrating Black culture. I think that's what this movie was like trying to do, but it was kind of like. Uh, it just felt really forced a lot of the time. Yes, even, forced. That's the perfect word to describe it. So they forced. They even had um, Lavelle. Like he, was, he had the same haircut as Killmonger. That's why I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Yes. They tried to make him look like Killmonger. I'm like, well, like, can I say like, this then? Can yeah. I, let me say this. So Ruthie Carter won an Oscar for creating the, the like all the costumes and design costume design for uh, Wakanda and Black Panther, and mm-hmm. she was the one leading this. And, that's what, ah, and I did think it was good as in the costume design was fantastic. Your eyes were glued to the screen because it looked beautiful as in like what these people were wearing. It was awesome. The, like the threads that they had in the fits, it was pretty fresh. Like I'm and not going to dan- Dancing was pretty good in, at points too. It was just like, yeah. why is it happening? Yeah, why are like, we dancing? Come to America, true love story. Why are we dancing and rapping over and like, like random Wesley parts? Snipes every time he's introduced to dancing. Some parts oh, that, was, that was kind of funny. It was a little funny, but also at cringe at the same time. But his, and oh, his I, I, son and cringe. And we'll get to uh, Wesley Snipes in a sec, but I, I'm looking at the cast right now. You know who's the Leslie Jones, but of like, but that's a male. You know who it is? Tracy Morgan. Yeah. They're, He's they're overrated parallel. as heck. They're they're parallels. They're the same thing. They're both like very not funny, and they get a lot of supporting roles in comedies that aren't that just show that, that good. they're not funny. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But there were some crazy cameos here. You you see Rick Ross without sunglasses, dude. I didn't even know that until I saw it on social media. I never seen him without sunglasses. Same, what, but but at the same time, when I saw him. I was like, that's Rick Ross. It's weird because <laughs> I'd never seen his eyes before. I'm like, but I, I just tell by his beard. I'm like, that's Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't notice. Uh, I, I didn't. You see the WandaVision cameo by uh, with the Lyft driver? When he was in oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, you got to get the uh, app and surge pricing. Yeah, exactly. 2021 so movie. He, that's exactly his name, what What's happened. his name in WandaVision? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. But it was a nice, like, it was very relevant. Yeah, exactly. In terms of like WandaVision just finished. Uh, Trevor Noah, not funny. Not um, funny. Going through the rest. Dude, uh, what do you think of Morgan Freeman in the beginning of the movie? Nice cameo there. Nice cameo for him. Another familiar face, but yeah. Like it's it's just like, oh, it's nice to see him. That's it. Celebrating black actors and black that, culture. Exactly. That's what, this, yes. that's what it was. Um, so let's, let's talk about Wesley Snipes. So okay. Wesley Snipes was in Dolomite Is My Name. Yes, he was. Uh, that was kind of his, also his return to the mainstream following, right? Him, him going to prison and like not getting jobs afterwards. So what did you think about him in this movie? Obviously uh, the villainous role, the antagonist here to Eddie Murphy's uh, Prince Akeem, King Akeem in this movie. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about him and his uh, performance? I actually, th- I, I thought if you're going to compare 
everybody like acting performances in this. His is up there, but it's still like not good. Like it's it's just like like you said, this is more about the community and more about just like praising black culture and just a callback to the original film. In my eyes, I really uh-huh. felt like that way. And now, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that with Wesley Snipes' character, it just came in and out, just saying, "Marry my daughter, don't marry my daughter, marry my daughter, marry my son." Like it's just like I didn't even know he had a daughter. I thought like he didn't. He never had a daughter. Like I know? thought that was the whole point until he I, just I, randomly brought I thought, one up. I, I I was gonna almost guarantee that he was just it was just a fake. Like it was just someone random. Like he just did oh, it so he could. That would have been that would have been interesting. That's what I thought they were doing the entire time. Would have been better writing than what it was. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought he was good. Like for the most part, like yeah. He wasn't he wasn't very cringe. Uh, he did steal the most the dancing scenes, he scenes was are in. a little cringe though. Yes, him like high stepping. Like I'm like, oh, oh. okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> there, all right. I'm like there it is. <laughs> but then, uh, I think I would like to see him get more opportunities after this because I think he was like the best performance. I want to say in a in a movie of a lot of not good performances. Yes, so we I can agree say, on that. I think he is probably the top. But I also a gripe I have with this movie, like not enough semi. No, I was. I wrote that down in my notes. Like, like where's Arsenio Hall? Hall? Except as like the 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 preacher and all the side characters that he plays that aren't semi. Like, there's not enough semi in this. Like, that was like the top billing today is top billing of movie duos, and it's because the duo well, in the original yeah. movie is so iconic, Prince Akeem and Semi. But they didn't even focus on that duo at all. I know. It, it's made it all about his family and the throne. I was just like. The reason the first one was so good is that they put him in uncomfortable situations they yes. weren't aware of, and then Semi was doing the wackiest stuff in the background. Yes. Right? And this one, he's just not even there. He's not even there. And so it's like if you make this movie and you're making a remake of Coming to America, you yeah. need both of them. They both made that movie great. It wasn't just Eddie Murphy, but uh, not enough Semi at all. Uh, going along, I had – uh, what else? What else? What else? I kind of just call, I'm looking at my notes right now. They're hilarious. It says I hate Leslie Jones. <laughs> I hate Leslie Jones, <laughs> as then, in uh, their acting. And, and it's like stale jokes, lack charm. Like it just it was it was a movie that didn't need to be made. Eddie Murphy and the cast are glad it was made. That's yeah, what oh, it seemed like. yeah, they probably had a riot. Like you you mentioned that before. They probably had a riot on set. Right. Uh, any other thoughts before we kind of throw out our scores here, Flex? Well. I guess my last thing is Craig Brewer directed this movie. He was the Eddie Murphy as All Might is My Name. So Eddie Murphy has like a history of like always like he's with one director. And then he does immediately the next his next film is like with that same director. This is a perfect example of that with Craig Brewer with All Might and then this one. Craig Brewer also did the remake of Footloose in 2011. So let me just say under better guidance, I think this movie might have been better. But still, I think it had no shot at being successful because the first one was just so good and iconic. And you're doing it 30 years later. Like, it's just, there was no shot that this was going to be nearly Craig as good. Brewer, is it, is it just me or is it weird that he's white directing this movie? He's probably the only white guy, like, one of the, like, few white guys on set. Because like, if everyone's black on the That's set. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, if you're trying to appreciate black culture, it's kind of an interesting choice to have a white guy direct it. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And then, uh, yeah, so I, did, I didn't, when I saw that and I saw a picture of him, I'm like, is that Craig Brewer? Is that Craig yeah. Brewer? It's just like, that's the whitest dude of all time. Right. But uh, he did Dolomite though, right? Which he did Dolomite, which also is, yeah, exactly. So I think oh, it would, I think that in that part, it was fine. It was just like, you, you if you first saw that, you'd be like, oh, that's unusual. But then, oh, all right. That makes sense. Exactly. All right. Let's throw out some scores here, Flex. What are you giving coming to America? <sighs> all right. 28. 
28. Wow. That's lower than I expected, Ricky Flex. Uh, I per- like I personally, I gave it a 40, but it's better than way better than Tom and Jerry from yes. last week. And I'm looking at my score for Tom and Jerry. Honestly, I wish I put it a little lower. This was nowhere near that bad. Uh, it had a couple of laughs, not enough for a sequel, right? It, it was something where I just wanted more Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy because the whole, the initial movie was about them and just kind of abandoned that idea in general. I didn't like the lead, the, the son and with Lavelle, uh, the I cameos were nice. Uh, the cameos are nice. Uh, even though I don't think even a cameo from Dikembe Mutombo was going to save this movie. Uh, <laughs> although it was kind of funny when he's just in this and it's kind of expected that he's going to do the finger wag, whatever, whatever. It's kind of corny, obviously mm-hmm. just plays right into the mix. So 40 from Dr. O. Uh, what'd you say? 28 flicks, 28, but I also want to say this, not with the movie, but when you press play on this movie on Amazon prime, there's a promo that comes up and it's a trailer of a movie. It's called, I wrote this down. The only, like, I wrote down three things. This is one of the three things I wrote down. The map of tiny, perfect things is the movie. And it's the girl from freaky, that movie with Vince Vaughn. And it's literally Palm Springs 2.0, but for like teenagers. It, oh like, do God. you remember this? Do you, did you get this ad? I don't know. I don't think I did. It's this ad for this movie. Like it's called the map of tiny, perfect things. If you didn't catch it the first time I said it, it's about this movie where it's a loop in time of the repeating the same day and it's except it was the two teenagers mm-hmm. like it's the same thing as palm springs like we just had this on hulu why are you doing this amazon prime like this is kind of recency like recency uh like trying to take advantage of what's going on right now like you can't do that like palm springs was a fantastic movie like come on now I'm just trying to rip it off I yeah i was just shocked i saw that before i even saw this movie this was like the preview when you press play it's like what like i just wanted to mention that wow and then like as i'm wrapping up here this movie, you know what it gave me vibes of is the Dumb and Dumber-er, like the sequel oh, of Dumb and Dumber. Great call. It's like you have another duo like 20, 30 years later trying to redo a movie when they're old, trying to recreate these characters that they made when they were 20 years old, and they just it just didn't work. And it happened here again. So there we go. That's a review of Coming to America. So I am now going to throw it over to Ricky Flex for our highly anticipated top billing of top movie duos okay thank you dr o but before we get to the top billing we have our second annual second ever guest on the drive-in podcast this man might be our biggest fan on the internet if you disagree interact with us on at the drive-in pod on twitter and instagram and tiktok but this man is right now number one on the rankings of drive-in podcast fans let me introduce you, J-Man, a.k.a. Justin. Justin, thank you for coming on the Driving Podcast. How are you doing today? J-Man! Thank you, thank you. It's <laughs> nice It's nice to be on the pod, you know. A um, little upset. Didn't get to talk to Nez, but that's okay. <laughs> I think My he was intimidated by him. <laughs> he might, I don't know. Nez, Nez, Nez's voice rivals mine, so uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the viewers think. Love it. I'm going to love it. Yeah, so Justin is a big movie fan. I, I would say he loves comedies. I would say a lot, like definitely comedies. And big Jennifer Aniston fan. That's I, that's that's all I'll say. Yes. That's all. yes. <laughs> but let's get to it now. You now know J Man. Let's get to the top billing. Today's top billing is inspired by a review of Coming to America, including the iconic duo of Eddie Murphy and, and Arsenio Hall as Akeem and Semi. We have the top billing of movie duos 
So it's going to be a streak, snake draft style with five picks. Once a duo is picked, it is off the board. No repeats allowed. But before we get going, do we have any questions, gentlemen? Uh, just clarification. We're doing like uh, movie characters, not actor duos, correct? Correct. The characters. I should clarify. Characters. Got it. Now I'm ready to roll, dude. J-Man, we good? I think so. Should be good. All right. So the draft order goes Dr. Rowe at one, J-Man at two, and then myself, Ricky Flicks at three, and then we'll snake it back around. But let's start this off. Dr. Rowe, top billing of movie duos. First All part. right. I got a big board of listing about 25 different duos here. I did a lot of in-depth research. I looked at a bunch of lists that I also did a lot of brainstorming on my own, just looking at the ceiling. So first pick here, right? I got it basically after Ricky Flicks wanted the third pick. J-Man wanted the second. I'm left with the first. I couldn't be happier that I am taking the most iconic duo in the most famous movie franchise of all time. I'm getting Han Solo and Chewbacca as the number one movie duo of all time. Han Solo. Great pick. Most swag in the history of action stars with Harrison Ford. Uh, steals a show in Star Wars and never even wields a lightsaber. Uh, Chewbacca. Guy can't even speak and he's just a dynamic duo with Han Solo. And somehow they, tell him they have an understanding with one another. Incredible chemistry. You even see after Han Solo's death, spoiler alert in The Force Awakens, his connection you spoiler. to Chewbacca. Yeah, there's a quick spoiler alert there, but I think if you haven't seen Force Awakens, then uh, get out from under your rock. But Han Solo <laughs> and Chewbacca, my number one pick. Great pick. I think the biggest, like, if you're going to pick a duo from that franchise, it's obviously that one. I can't Is see it. it. Yes. Yeah. That's no like the picks. Yes. No two picks. I'm not mentioning other ones. I'm just saying that's the one you think of. Someone in else that could franchise. appear on this list from that franchise. Could. Could, but I do think that that is a worthy 1-1 pick. But I don't know. I Again, I didn't want the first pick. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a solid number one pick. I just I didn't want that pressure on me. I'm staring at my, like, Star Wars Force. I, I, I hate to admit this. I have a Star Wars Force Awakens poster. It's like <laughs> shaking my head every time I look at it. Just when I could have had, like, Episode 4 or 5, Empire Strikes Back, with one of the best <laughs> posters of all time. But I'm looking at Han Solo, like, 70-year-old Harrison Ford with a gun. And Chewbacca right behind him with the crossbow. So I couldn't have I could I couldn't have gone wrong with that pick. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. J Man, thoughts? Uh, I'm honestly I'm a little surprised. I thought um another Ooh. duo that the pod uh mm-hmm. pod tends to sugarcoat a lot. Well it's this is your pick. You're up. You you I have know. the chance. He knows us better than we know but, ourselves, Ricky Flicks. He's in shock and now he's on the bo- he's on the clock. J Man, your your first pick. I'm just I'm not going to do it to you guys. I'll let you do what you want, and I'll get my two. Best comedy duo, I think, in a movie. I'm taking John and Jeremy, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, yep. Wedding Crashers. Oh, Great my pick. God. I yes. did, I was going to take that. Oh, my really? God. Okay. okay. I was going to grab that on the snake. First, no, 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 no. I know, I know the other one that's going to come up, not teasing picks, but these guys – Owen Wilson, he's my he's my golden boy. I love him. <laughs> Owen um, Wilson is your golden boy. He is. He he is. I, Midnight in Paris, great, but just wedding crash. You can't go wrong. You just, I will I will die on a hill saying Vince Vaughn deserved a, a supporting actor 
Oscar nomination for that movie. I will die on that hill. One of, I think it's one of the greatest performances in the last 12, 16 years. came out in 05, but great pick. It was actually like the first one I listed on my big board when I'm listing them, and that is literally my favorite comedy of all time. So, I mean, that's a great pick. I like that at number two. First rounder, I think, is definitely worthy. Wow. I'm, I, now I'm in shock. I'm in shock that that went to, I thought I was going to reach. I was reaching for that on the, in the, when I was going to draft it at the snake, I thought I was going to be a reach. All right. Now that makes me happy. Unbelievable pick. What a way to start this guest appearance on the driving pod by picking Jeremy Gray. Unbelievable. But all right. Start to the debut. Goes to me, Ricky flicks for the back to back. Now I want this in the first round. I want this in the first round because this is probably, this is might be the funniest duo of all time. It's Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. Unbelievable. I just saw, I, I think the reason why I thought of this, because I just saw the scene on the internet where he's, they pull over uh, on the drive on the highway and the guy, he yells at the guy and the guy's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, who the heck are you? And he's like, I'll, I'll catch you later. And it's just unbelievable movie. Lloyd and Harry, just all time idiots. But then again, they're in that shag mobile, dog mobile. It's unbelievable as a duo. I had to pick them in the first round, Harry and Lloyd. Jim Carrey was expected to be like that hilarious in that movie, but it's kind of surprising when you look at Jeff Daniels and like how wacky he got for it. Because like when you think of him, I think of him like in the uh, in the newsroom, like that show, like him in the Martian, all these serious roles, Steve Jobs, where he's playing like CEOs and like you know like these like classic white powerful characters and then yep. you see him just acting like an absolute buffoon getting his tongue stuck to poles getting him having like explosive diarrhea to the point where <laughs> to the point of just uncomfortability as a, as an as a member of the audience but good pick iconic like uh movie the suits from the 90s the suits. most famous comedy from the 90s dude yeah so that's a good pick and the suits the orange and blue suits um and also all-time Zoom background by Jeff Daniels at the Golden Globe. All-time. Mm. All the closets. But that's my first round pick there. Moving on to the second round. This might. This is a very similar pick, but I just can't pass it up. This is my third overall. It's Dale and Brennan from Step Brothers. It's the modern day. You dumb went double and comedy. I went double comedy, double uh, like 40-year-olds like just going at it. I just couldn't let him pass me. I, I would have second guessed myself the rest of the night just doing this. Like I, I had to pick it. I think this is the funniest. Uh, it's one of the funniest movies ever, but like definitely in the 21st century, top three, maybe top five. And the premise of this movie, them just being step, four-year-old stepbrothers is unbelievable. They And picture this. They made like Holmes and Watson after this just because this duo was so iconic. Like they tried Tally to think of ideas. Tally and not. Oh, what teasing picks. Sheesh. But yeah, Tally teasing picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, were you going to pick Holmes and Watson? Is that what takes out the, the picks I, I was I mentioned Holmes and Watson because I knew no one was going to pick it. <laughs> I, uh, when you said Talladega Nights, I'm like, I think that's a great excuse for forgetting about Talladega Nights. No, <laughs> it's on my big board. But that's my pick, Dale and Brennan Step Brothers. Hey man, that had to have been on your big board. That was that. I mean, that was the one I thought. I thought it was going one. Yeah, it, <laughs> honestly, it, it, it was in contention for sure. That's a first round worthy pick as well. It is. It is. And My board. They ad lib so much in that movie, and their their improvisations on point, and they understand each other other on another level. Like like their chemistry is off the charts. Like it's a great pick. Um, they're synonymous with one another when you think of movie duos. You know. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Jay man. 
goes to you. Your second pick. Second round. I'm just I'm going away from comedy. Got to get a little serious, a little funny, but Fins and Jewels. Nice. Pulp Fiction. Just mm-hmm. the, the cheeseburger, Royale with cheese, the car scene, just every, the just the movie in general is amazing. Everyone knows that. But they, the way Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta just bounce off each other, they're just – you can't go wrong. Yeah, them, them and Harvey Keitel uh, near the end of the movie, unbelievable scene Even there. Even with all Tarantino. Time. And Tarantino, <laughs> yes. Like, but they are the focus. Like, they are the ones that like steal the show. Travolta nominated for an Oscar in uh, from this movie as well. But Samuel Jackson, the iconic soliloquy in the beginning that you mentioned with the Royale with cheese, but uh, with the the Bible quote, unbelievable, great pick. Yeah, I like. I like. It's just, and then it's like the iconic images of them, like them with the uh, like getting hosed down from the blood, and then wearing like the the, the banana slugs, slugs. The banana <laughs> slugs, and everything. It's just it's it's great. And then like them them at the end, like in the, of the movie in the restaurant, right? It's it's you're right. It, that's definitely it's really hard because like I would consider that a first round pick as well. And I like how we diverted from the comedy a little bit. I think it was on point. Great pick. It's just a deep draft. That's all it is. Yeah, true. <laughs> but great pick. Dr. O, you have a snake. Your second and third picks here. Okay. I'm assessing my board, and I think it's only just because I go with one that's definitely a first-round worthy pick. They made an appearance previously on our Disney uh, uh, Pixar animated characters draft. I'm taking Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. Um, You got a friend in me. That's all I got to say. You got a friend in me. Uh, those Those are buddies for life, right, even though they separate at the end of Toy Story 4. Another spoiler alert. Jesus. Um, God. sad moments but at the same time emotional moments and then they've had the highest of the highs the lows of the lows but they're friends through thick and thin i have to go woody and buzz toy story as a second round pick my god yeah i think this is the one i was fighting with with dale and brennan pick the dale and brennan pick i picked but i will say this is such a great pick not just because of the chemistry but Woody tried to murder Buzz in the first one, and we all just forget it. And then they end up becoming one of the best iconic duos. It says of all a time. lot about that friendship. Yes, exactly. I, that's people forget Woody literally tried to murder him. <laughs> Tom Hanks went a little dark for that role. People say, <laughs> yes, but yeah. I think it's a great pick. I he was... had to become a different person to voice that character. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're done now. It's dark. J man, right. thoughts on the pick? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, first animated off the board. I personally, I'm not big into Toy Story. If I picked a Pixar one, would not be that. But wow. there's a couple. There's a couple there's Pixar a, ones. There's some couple, big ones here. Some, I don't. Uh, I won't tease. But Woody and Buzz isn't my number one. At all that's all. That's all I have to say. All right, Doctor O, your third pick. You know, uh, we're keeping up with the comedies. I'm going super bad. Seth and Evan. Seth and Evan from Superbad, um, a duo that is young. It's like a young version, like in terms of the laugh level, the laugh, the volume of laughs you get in a movie to a stepbrothers. Like, like I'm in that way, it's kind of comparable. And like their chemistry, right? Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill is almost on point with, uh, obviously, uh, Dale and Brennan, right? Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Um, that movie is funny every time you watch it. And it's funny because of the awkwardness of Sarah and then like Michael Sarah, then like the outgoing ridiculousness of Jonah Hill's character. And I think they, they're kind of opposites that attract. And I think they're best buddies for life, even though they chose to not go to Dartmouth together. I, so this, I put this on my big board 
Then I deleted it. And you know why? Because Fogel kind of steals the scenes when they're together. When it's the three of them, he steals the scenes. They collectively shit on him. Right, right. I, th- I think it's a good <laughs> pick. I just think that I took it off my board. I was like, I, I, could, I think out of like the 15 picks out of the three of us, the top 15, I don't know if they're top 15 for me. They're close. And they wow. Might- I don't know if they are. I don't I just, know. I just imagine them getting off the bus in the 70s clothes. Just like, <laughs> like, 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 how can you not think of that? How can you not think of them screaming at each other after having being held down by the cops, right? And running away, filling up like the laundry detergents with, with booze, like, they're just they're they they do everything for one another, right? Mm-hmm. They're even helping each other get uh obtain alcohol, right, illegally with one another, trying our best to help each other out. And they collectively have that third friend in the group that's not as close to them, but like the fringe guy, as Friday Beers will call them. <laughs> but then they all crap and they crap on that guy, which is Fogel. And I, yeah, I like that, that, that aspect. Yeah, no, no, I think it's a great pick. Uh, or a good pick. It's a good pick. J Man, your third pick. Uh, I'm real. I'm following up after the Jonah Hill pick, and I I will match you with Schmidt and Jenko, nice. Twenty One Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Just the oh my god, Jonah Hill in the movie when he's still like he's still a little big as a cop then, and <laughs> Channing's just doing whatever the hell he wants all the time. He's the he's the guy. <laughs> Oh, and then just, I, Ice Cube's not a part of this, but just the way that he talks <laughs> to them, just demeans them. It, oh, every time I laugh, every mm-hmm. single freaking time. And that's a good example of like opposites attracting too. You have the out, like good the, point. The, yeah. the hot shot, like cop, like the magic Mike. And then that is Channing Tatum. <laughs> and then you have Jonah Hill's character, who's kind of like the smart <laughs> Donnie guy, Azoff. The nerd. Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I like that pick. It was definitely in the back of my mind after I made my. Seth and Evan pick uh, from Superbad. That's a great way to follow it up. Can't disagree. Definitely my big board. Yeah, great pick. Can't say anything else on that. But it's off to me, Snake, for the third and fourth picks here for me. I'm going to keep it like my draft right now, Harry uh, Harry and Lloyd, Dale and Brennan, like comedies. Let's just do the same thing, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Like, I, I had to pick it. Like, it's just the high, I'm just picking best players available. That's what I'm doing right now. And it just so happens to be these type of comedy buddy comedy movies. Bill and Ted, they made another one 20 years later, 30 years later after, because there's, is that iconic? And Keanu's on his Renaissance. We all know, but Keanu sounds, this chemistry rivals any that we've picked so far, just because they all put, they they play so dumb. Bill and Ted, they play such dumb characters, but they do it so well. And they gel so well. I would rival their chemistry with anybody that we've picked so far. So uh, that's going to be my pick. I mean, Bill and Ted. Alex Winter basically begged Keanu to make another movie. So <laughs> he's like, well, Keanu, I need you. Like, <laughs> like if Keanu wasn't in, then I don't know what Alex Winter would be doing right now. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea what he does. <laughs> he's probably like, right. I think he, I think he, I think he's on the background of movies. Like he's a producer, I think. And I think Interesting. he sometimes directs, but uh, it definitely doesn't have the face for, uh, <laughs> for uh, yeah. definitely not uh, as, a, as a major movie star. But I'm glad that he has Bill and Ted to look back on and kind of even go forward with after the recent uh, reboot there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's my third pick. Moving to my fourth. I'm going to do it. I I thought about taking this off my big board because the movies are so bad. But screw it. It's such an iconic duo. It's Batman and Robin. (laughs) Batman and Robin. I don't know. Batman and Robin. You think... 
But think which, about it in movies. Which one? When, like There's so many. Like Batman and Robin. You talk about Batman 1966 or you talk about Batman and Robin 1997. I don't think that's a strong pool to pick from in the first place. But I, I so I agree. <laughs> I'm thinking like, so do I have to pick a exact movie on this? I was just thinking Batman and Robin, all the movies. So I was going to do like on the graphic, like all the movies, like Adam West and yeah, Robin. You're taking, yeah, yeah, but there's only two. Yeah, and then I know I, but just think about it this way: Batman and Robin. You get the, you get the name. You get, you get the name. I get the name get recognition Batman on it. your pick. Yeah, I do. Right. And so I, I think yeah. that, like, think about it this way as well. It's so iconic that in Dark Knight Rises with JGL's character, like, oh, oh what's your middle name? Like, a part of this will? Oh, it's Robin. She's they tease that, what's and everyone. Yeah, your real name, and it's Robin. And everyone's like, oh my god, are we going to see a Robin, a, a Robin trilogy? That's how much hype this, this duo has. And this is for a Robin character that hasn't been seen since freaking uh, the 90s with George Clooney and that whole Val Kilmer mess. But it's that iconic that it had to be picked somewhere, even though these movies are so bad. So I'm just going to do it now. It was a great backpedal by you to bring up the Dark Knight Rises, even though Joker, I mean, he, even though Robin was not in that movie, technically. Yeah. You were trying to distract the listeners. No comment. So bad because like the only when you say Batman and Robin as a duo, what movie do you think of? Batman and Robin, ninety-seven. Yeah, Uh, I'm talking about uh, the animated one. Dark Knight Rises when he doesn't. He's not even Robin. His his name's not even Robin. (laughs) The damn movie, John Blake. Like it's just like I don't know. I I I think it's a you'll get the name recognition, but I don't know if we look at the catalog that it supports such a duo. Okay, I guess also I just didn't want to pick another buddy comedy. I have three on there. I just couldn't do a fourth. I, I just couldn't do it. it was, yeah. I needed the name recognition on I, there. I, well. I'm shocked you didn't make one pick, Freaky Flex. I'm going to steal it from you if J-Man does not pick it. So, I think yeah. I know what it is. But moving on, J-Man, you're fourth. Uh, I, don't, I, see, I don't know where to go. There, I can go iconic or I can just do personal pick. But... Mm. Damn. Do it's it. It's just the challenge. Oh. All right. I'll just do. I'll. I can't. I, I don't know. I'm so. I'm lost. I'm lost. You suck. Do we need to flip I'm, a coin? I'm literally. I'm lost in the snake. I might. I might <laughs> need it. I, I might need a flip. Get lost in the snake. Oh. The pressure is <laughs> jumping on him. It, you can just really, feel the truly, weight that he is on. Truly is. It. Oh. I'm All just, right, the Blues Brothers. Blues. All brothers. right, they're just they're too. Ellen and Jake. Just the fact that it like it's a great pick. A skit, a skit became a movie. Is <laughs> just it shows just how iconic they are together. Like Belushi, Aykroyd, they just they bounce so well off each other, and it's just oh, you love them. You love mm-hmm. them. I don't, I'm not big, not big on the that the characters alone. They deserve on the list. Yeah, definitely deserve to be on the list. They sang their own songs. Like we see all these movies now. Like think about like Bohemian Rhapsody. That you can't like obviously it's different with Freddie Mercury. There's no duos in that. That's not teasing a pick. Um, but like he, they sang their own songs and they're awesome. I have them on Spotify playlists. Like they're very. Their good. cultural impact was insane, dude. Yeah. When that movie came out, they had the number one movie in the world. They had the number one album in the world, and they were known as the most famous like SNL sketch. Right? Like it's literally when SNL was that, huge. But yes, and yeah, then like obviously they, and it's just it's just insane that they were that they they lasted this long. I watched the Belushi doc over, I believe it was the uh, fall, and there was, was a major emphasis in the movie. And this is like what's like shot 
a Belushi into the stratosphere, and then it made Aykroyd synonymous with Belushi. So I, it's it's an incredible pick. It definitely deserves to be on this draft. Uh, definitely on my big board too. I'm curious right. what else you were debating too. Yes, I am. We um, will get into that when we honorable mentions. We'll 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 have a discussion unless it's picked. But Doctor Rowe, uh, your know. last two picks here. I think I feel like I'm stealing this one from Ricky Flex. But I'm gonna go Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, one of the best bromances we've seen on the big screen ever, uh, and it even poured over into the real life friendship between Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. It's the man, an actor, his relationship with his stuntman. I think it's a. That's obviously it's going to go hand in hand. We're talking their second time a Tarantino duo has made the list. Uh, I'm very pumped. I got this. I feel like I had to. I had to go away from the franchises and the comedies, and I'm going with Rick and Cliff from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I I think that's it. What you just said. Like you're st- like I think the popular thing with duos is comedies and franchises. And you said it yourself. You went away from that. And honestly, that's going to stand out. I like the pick. Lovely. It is a nice. I. Oh, I mean, but Pitt's a, dog in the movie might might be a little. You think you think he's so, the duo you would have picked was was the dog with Pitt? I mean. That dog loves it, like loves him to death. That would be he, a he great duo. He, he leaves for like days duo. on end, comes home, just throws him a can of food, and it's like, all right. <laughs> and they they together like took down those the people of the Manson family. Like <laughs> they took them down together. Right. Like, and then I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like the, the scenes like where you're just like I'm thinking of like the friendship scenes, the bromance scenes. Mm-hmm. They're on the flight coming back after they've been shooting westerns in Italy, right? And then Kurt Russell's uh, narrating goes like they're getting together. For one last drunk, you know, <laughs> I'm just like that. Those, like, that just shows like they're just an iconic duo. Like, yeah, they needed it. They uh, they ended up saving the Mansons. I mean, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Cancel. <laughs> they ended up saving the uh, Sharon Tate. Yes, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's, that's a cancelable offense right there. Hold but Doctor O, right, let's move on. Your fifth and final pick here. Okay, I could go with a recognizable name. Ricky did with Batman and Robin. I got another one in my bag right now, but I'm not going to pull it. Uh, I don't think it'll play well on the board. I'm going to go with... I don't want to go another major franchise. I'm going to go Peter Clavin and Sidney Fife, and I love you, man. Oh, okay. Uh, that's kind of like my low-key pick, where it's like it's not obvious. Uh, they... If you've seen the movie, you know how good their chemistry is. Uh, you can tell that they're riffing off one another. The improvisation's on point. Um, they start off not really knowing each other, but as they go go through the movie, they, they form a bond, right? Obviously. Well, this is like the bromance movie. Literally, I love you, man. So uh, I feel like it deserves a spot on this list, even though I'm, I, I, I'm going to guess that you guys didn't have it in your top five. There's definitely more recognizable names on the board. I'm kind of pissed I didn't take one, but it would have been more like a, a major franchise. I already have that with like Woody and Buzz, Han Solo and Chewbacca. I didn't want to overload. This will be my like sleeper pick. Peter Clavin, Cindy Five, and I love you, man. One of the movies that could have been considered for underrated in film, I think it doesn't get enough credit. Sweet. I think people think of Step Brothers and those type of duos and those like big like Will Ferrell movies. You think, oh, those are the comedies that are iconic but this movie is iconic and or not iconic it is awesome and should be iconic and i do think that doesn't get the credit where it deserves so i think it's a uh, pick. 
good fifth I, rounder. I also got a shout out. I think we're going to top billing of like movie cameos. I think that'd be a great one. Um, Thomas Lennon in this movie where he goes on a mandate. Uh, Peter Clavin thinks he's going on a mandate like with this dude. And this guy's actually on a real date, which is Tom, Thomas Lennon's character. And then he kisses him at the end of the night. And then they meet up later that like, he's trying on a suit with Sydney, And he thinks like, he's like cheating on him or whatever. And he goes, he goes, uh, what did that, did that kiss me? Nothing to you. And then he goes like, it was a kiss of betrayal. It was a kiss of betrayal. Like, I think that's an underrated in terms of like, I laugh every time as I watch it and it's not talked about enough. It was a kiss of betrayal. Peter Clavin, Sydney Fife. I think you said enough. Like you, you convinced, I think you convinced the audience of the pick. You didn't need to convince me. Jamie. If you've seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, see, I think it's on HBO Max right now. But uh, J-Man, any thoughts? I might watch it tonight, bro. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually have never seen I Love You, Man. Wow. Oh, it comes oh, out. Betrayal. It comes yeah. out. The yeah, fifth that round. Was, that, comes was, out. that was my kiss of betrayal to you, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> it was a kiss of betrayal. All right, J-Man, your final pick. Fifth and final. All right. for You know, this is a Nez-inspired pick. Oh, Out, oh, out of nowhere, his, his random, you know, it's not a Game of Thrones pick, though, of course. That's <laughs> how you know he's a loyal listener. <laughs> My boy, Jay, or DJ Drake in Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> Brendan Fraser <laughs> in that movie. It's just, I remember this movie from my childhood so much. It is, it's, this is such a Homer pick. I don't care, but like... <laughs> Who, wait, with Bugs? With so Bugs, Bugs and Brendan Fraser. Just make Bugs it and sure. Brendan Fraser, basically. I love that. <laughs> I mentioned it last week on the this, pod, that movie. I, this is That's what made me, I was thinking sure. about it, and I was like, it's, it's, he's, so, he's a security guard. That's all he is. And he's like going down to take down Steve Martin in like the middle he's of the He's a James Bond from Security Guard. He literally is. It's Paul Blart Marncock. dad is literally T-Bone. James Bond. Yeah. And that, he voices Tasmanian Devil in it, too. Great mm. point. I didn't know that. I this see. is interesting because this is not the first time we've seen Bugs Bunny in cahoots with another live action real person. Yes. So you yes. went Brendan Fraser, Bugs Bunny, over a different Michael one. Jordan, oh, yes. Bugs Bunny. Yes. And I, I, to be honest, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the question now becomes, is it not LeBron Jordan? Is it Brendan Fraser or Jordan? <laughs> It's my Brendan God, Fraser. it's Brendan Fraser the entire time. Three times just not there with Jordan and Bugs. Just oh, they, together, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, just don't have to, they don't gain the chemistry that Fraser does. Like, Literally the, the entire movie. Alone, together. names alone. Yeah, you take Jordan Bugs, but you're going movie. You're going like plot friendship. You're going eye test. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> you gotta go eye test. You gotta but, see who's all right. a better matchup. Do Brendan it. Fraser and Bugs Bunny is J Man's fifth and final pick, and it's off to me. There are so many comedic duos still on this board, and it's kind of frightening how some of them aren't going to be picked. I know they're on your boards, but I already have three iconic ones, so I can't do a fourth. That would just be too too much on the market there in that in that in that niche. So I'm going to go a serious role, and this one is behind Doctor Rowe, and it's going to be in Walk the Line, Johnny Cash and June Carter, Reese Witherspoon and Joaquin. Reese Witherspoon won an Oscar for this, John, and Joaquin nominated as well nominated for this unbelievable movie they're singing i mentioned this uh with underrated uh and or no what did i meant what which uh top billing was that that i picked uh, uh, historical figures right i picked joaquin as in he's the perfect johnny cash 
And I think I, I mentioned that I listened to the Johnny Cash, uh, Joaquin singing instead of actually Johnny Cash. Cause I think it's better. I know it's crazy to say and blasphemous, but he is so good Johnny in that. Cash. Oh, it for sure is. And I, I think his versions, obviously the, the only real original versions, they're amazing. It's just that Not Joaquin is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and June Carter, like listen to Jackson on Spotify with Reese Witherspoon. She absolutely nails that. Jackson. Yeah. And then her, her like little Southern <laughs> twang is unbelievable in that song. So, that's going to be my fifth and final pick. Trying to get something serious on the board that's not a franchise or comedic duo. June Carter and Johnny Cash. Fascinating pick because this is, I think, the only pick we have of two lovers rather yes. than uh, friends. So I think a lot of ours are bromances. None of us picked, I think, girls like that are girlfriends. You picked a couple. That's a powerful couple. It's one of the most iconic couples in not only movie history, but in the history of mankind. Everyone looks at June Carter and Johnny Cash as the, as the couple. Right, everyone wants to be that person for another person. It's a great poster. I got my Han Solo Chewbacca pick from looking at my posters. I also thought about obviously these two when, uh, and I also thought about these two. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. The Spider Man, <laughs> Spider Man, and uh, Mary Jane picture. Yeah, this poster. specifically Kirsten Dunst. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, be- before we get into honorable mentions, let me just read out the list. Doctor Rowe, Han Solo and Chewbacca, Woody and Buzz, Seth and Evan from Superbad. Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and P- Peter Clavin and Cindy Fife from I Love You Man. J-Man, See a.k.a. later, Jobin. <laughs> J-Man has Jeremy Gray and John from Wedding Crashers, Vincent Jules, Pope Fiction, 21 Jump Street, Janko and Schmidt, the Blues Brothers, and then Brendan Fraser and Bugs Bunny <laughs> from Looney Tunes Back in Action. Wow. And then finally, I can't, we can wait, to, I, I can't wait for the Twitter interaction on that. <laughs> And then Ricky Flicks has Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, Dale and Brennan from Step Brothers, Bill and Ted, Batman and Robin, and June Carter and Johnny Cash from Walk the Line. J-Man, your honorable mentions. Um, the one I was debating between was the it's a KS movie, but uh, Mills and Somerset and Seven. <laughs> like Pitt and Freeman are just... Dude, should have picked that. That was a great I, I didn't... I, By not picking, that was a fatal mistake. To yeah. have to have that duo and like in your head, and you still <laughs> with a with a conscious, any conscious at all, and you go Brendan Fraser and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> what? You're, you're also speaking to the biggest seven supporter out there. Like that's I think I'm also like talking to the biggest Looney Tune fan of all time. Yeah, true. Wow. <laughs> you didn't take Bugs, so. No, I'm saying you are. I'm saying you are. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. probably. But, but uh, that would have been a great pick. Great honorable mention. Yeah, Any others? I mean, I had like, um, I had Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, Men in Black, Gary uh, Sinise and Malkovich, and Mice and Men. Not the, <laughs> great movie, good book, but great school movie. Great school movie. That's what. Yeah, a, exactly. a top. That's a top billing I put in the group chat. The other day. Yes. I said, okay, but, uh, top billing for school movies. You have to. Everyone watched in school. Of mice and men deserves a spot in that list. It does, hundred percent. Then I just had uh, Matt Damon, Robin Williams, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, crap! Just... That was a good one too. Yeah. Okay, Doctor Rowe, honorable mentions: Doc and Marty, Back to the Future, um, Harry and Marv, Home Alone, uh, Dale Denton and Saul, and one yeah. Pineapple Express, Tommy Callahan and Richie, um, Tommy Boy, uh, Wayne Campbell and Garth, uh, obviously Wayne's World. Timon and Pumbaa, Shaggy and Scooby, and then oh. the one I really wanted to take and I didn't take, Groot and Rocket. 
I yep. wanted to take Groot and yep. Rocket. Yep. I decided to go Peter Clavin and Cindy Fife instead. Yeah, a lot of those were on my board. Um, a couple others, SpongeBob and Patrick. New movie just came out for SpongeBob and Paramount Plus. Shrek and Donkey. I think that shoot. Was... Why didn't I take that? Shrek and Shrek and Donkey. I was debating that one instead of. How did that not get drafted? I, I, we're clowns. This this is like an invalid draft. Um, Shrek and Donkey. <laughs> Shrek and Donkey. Uh, Sherlock Sherlock Holmes and Watson, but the RDJ and Jude Law version. I think that I think their chemistry is awesome. I love those movies, and I can't wait for the next one that they're gonna do. And Red and Andy from Shawshank. I think that's an iconic duo that gets forgotten a little bit because the movie's so iconic, arguably the greatest movie of all time. Same year as Pulp Fiction, but like Jules and uh, Jules and uh, Vince Vincent Vanga, he they always get like like on social media that, that that iconic picture of them holding the guns or the 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 cheeseburger scene, like all of those, like those are always on social media. Red and Andy, not necessarily because there's no like iconic scene scenes with them together. It's just like you know, like those guys are homies meeting up in Mexico together, like. That's lit. Uh, the thing, the thing about that movie, like, it's so like Andy Dufresne, like he getting himself out, and it's like the icon- iconic images of that movie. It's like him in the rain, like him busting yes. himself out. It's always like every the world is against him, like the system is against him, and like I think that one would have been a solid pick, but I don't think it's as strong as the ones we did choose. Mm-hmm. But that rounds out the top. And before we wrap it up, J Man, any final thoughts? Not necessarily the top billing, but just the pod in general or anything that you want to say? I mean, love the pod still. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad, glad to be on for sure. But uh, I don't know. I do think uh, Mike and Sully is better than uh, Woody and Buzz, but that's just me. <laughs> did, 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 did you bring up that honorable mention? No, I just, I had to. I, like, I'm glad you mentioned that. Last One last chirp. That, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that hurt. <laughs> that <laughs> I was like, because I thought you did bring it up as honorable mention. I'm like, okay, he's saying it again, but at the same time, that's actually a fire pick. God. Yeah, when you said that, when he, after he picked Woody and Buzz, and you said like, oh, I personally like the other one. I think I immediately thought, oh, Shrek and Don. I, I I don't know why, like, because it's just not even a Pixar. I can't believe works. no one picked Shrek and Donkey. That's gonna haunt my. <laughs> I didn't even think of Mike Tom and. and yeah. Tom, Tom, and Tom, Jer- Tom and Jerry. After last week, <laughs> I don't think so. But again. Thank you to J-Man, Justin. Thank you so much for coming on. Second ever guest on the Drive-In Pod. And again, if you want to get on the Drive-In Pod, follow J-Man's, like, like J-Man here. He did the perfect uh, blueprint for it, just interacting with us on social media. And we follow back as well. So just follow us, please. Now, Dr. Rowe, wrap us up. All right, fellas. Thank you again, J-Man. That's going to conclude our episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Thank you for listening, and please leave us a review wherever you are listening. Uh, Rate us five stars. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at the Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're also on Facebook and YouTube as The Drive-In. Check out our blog on a daily basis on thedriveinpod.com. Until next week, we will smell you.